0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church.
1: All the home folks know what I mean by that. Every Sunday, we had to go pick up the trailer, unload the trailer, take it up the stairs, set it up, get everything ready, and then after we finish the service, do it all over again, in reverse. Uh, but, uh, you know, you learn things in those times, and you uh, learn a great appreciation uh, for all that God's doing. And so we're glad that you're here to celebrate uh, with us. because we've got some special friends here. I won't try to name everybody, but we've got some dear friends of ours for many years, also co-laborers in the ministry. We're so glad. Thank you guys for being here. Some of you are, missed your service this morning to be with us, and we're so glad. You know, about uh, a little over 38 years ago, uh, Passion Church came into being, and uh, it happened in a the living room of a small home on Milan Drive, and two young people that are here today... <laughs> that god spoke to their hearts about beginning uh, passion church and you know uh, one of the reasons we picked the video about uh, being welcome here is because it had a mention about the church being a hospital and i know that that was one of the things that god said to uh, uh dr vickers and and denise about uh, passion church it was a be a place where people could be made whole And I can testify through the 38 years that there have been many, many hundreds and hundreds of people that have uh, come through this place, that have been made whole, that have been saved. Many of them are out in ministry uh, throughout this region and throughout the United States and even in some countries of the world. And so it's our great uh, pleasure and delight to have Dr. Vickers, the founder of Passion Church, and our senior pastor, and Denise, and uh, At this time, I'm going to turn it over to them. Give them a big God bless you and welcome to Passion Church. We love you guys.
0: Well, I'd like to ask you, please, if you would, remain standing. And there's really only one person in the room that deserves an ovation he hung on an old rugged cross over 2,000 years ago between heaven and earth, dying for every person no matter who they are, where they've been, what they've done. You and I are here today it, with peace of, the peace of God in our hearts because of what Jesus did at the cross. Let's give Him a big round of applause. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I think we need to thank Him for this wonderful facility that He has provided for Passion Church Montgomery. Well, before you're seated, I want you to turn to two or three people. Tell them, say, man, you look great. What did you do? This is a uh, very special day here for uh, all of you that Passion Church is your home. I want to uh, uh, acknowledge some people here. Uh, Pastors Bruce and Sandy, if you'd stand up. They are the pastors. Amen. No, keep standing. They're the pastors of our Alexander City campus Passion Church, Ellic City, doing a great job up there. Love you guys. Thanks so much for being here. God bless you. And then there's Michael and Debbie Lust. stand up, Pastor Mike. And Michael and Debbie started with us in our uh, church and uh, were there years and then uh, gone on out in ministry and Pastor Bound by Grace uh, Church in Tallahassee. Uh, Alabama. Wonderful. God bless you. Uh, Are there any other pastors of local churches uh, here? If you are, raise your hand because I don't want to miss anyone. All right. Thomas Sankey. Isaiah Sankey. Where are you? Oh, please, is your is your lovely wife with you? Thank you so much. God bless you, my brother. Yes. Yes. My dear friend. Yeah, you got to hug his neck. Oh, yeah. Praise the Lord. You know, uh, this is my first time here in this facility that God has provided, and He really did, for you, Passion Church, and we're grateful for that, and I want to say a big thank you to every one of the people that have worked so hard, because you've come in here, and in one month's time, you have cleaned up, spiffed up, painted, done a lot of work, the platform looks great, the entrance looks great, and this is just the beginning, I mean, you've taken this and you're going to make, it's going to be a beautiful diamond, a a beautiful representation of the kingdom of God for the surrounding area. I loved driving by the houses because all those houses have people in them for whom Jesus died. And you know what? Uh, The harvest field is right out there, isn't it? The mission field is outside the four walls of these churches. You know, Jesus didn't tell the world to come. He didn't say, come to church. He said, to the church, go to the world. And so we come here, we get filled up, we get built up, we get encouraged, we uh, love one another, we help one another, we grow together, and then we go out and we tell the world about Jesus. And you know, we don't have to have a formula Uh, We have a formula living in us, and that formula is in the person of the Holy Spirit, and he knows exactly the people we will meet, the people we will come in contact with. He knows where where they are in their life and their journey, and he'll give you things to say. He'll he'll use you in, in a formula that you'd never thought of. But he'll use your life to touch people. And that's the greatest joy. Next to getting saved, the greatest joy is helping someone else find Jesus. Yeah. Amen. So that is wonderful wonderful. And we just appreciate. But this is a base of operations. This is not the end of the journey. This is just giving us a base of operations to touch the world. I remember years ago when we were uh, <clears throat> just starting the church. And the Lord had actually spoken to me. To uh, Denise and I, uh, to plant a work here in Montgomery, I had a dream. I'd already had a plan. I ha- I was working my plan to uh, go in the mission field. and I was going to spend six months overseas and six months in the states. I'd go do missionary evangelism, and uh, go do crusades and and uh, train, raise up pastors and plant churches. Come back to the states for six months, raise funds to go back and. Uh, And help do it in other places. That was my plan. When God spoke to me to start the work here. I felt like I had done something wrong. And I asked him. I said. What did I do wrong? It's like. You told me to do this. And now. Or I thought. I knew what you wanted me to do. And now I got to do this. And he said to me. He said. Son. He said. If you'll obey me. I can do amazing things through you. Far beyond. Anything. You have ever imagined. Just. Believe me and obey me. And so from this place, the gospel has gone to the ends of the earth. I get messages on Facebook. I got contacted week before last from a guy in Kathmandu, Nepal, where I was preaching a minister's conference years ago. Denise, I took her to a little shop and met a Buddhist uh, store clerk there. She and I witnessed to him. He gave his heart to the Lord. His family got saved. He contacted me on Facebook the other day. Said he said, "Brother Steve, he said, do you remember me?" His name's Depeche, and everybody said, "God bless Depeche." And I said, "Of course I remember you, Depeche." And see, he's over there in Kathmandu, Nepal, doing the work of God and serving Jesus. And so, from this place, I'm telling you. Be faithful here. Be faithful here. You think, oh, what does my attendance matter? You don't understand how you never know what God will do. One lonely man hanging on a cross on a lonely hill, all by uh, just dying there with two thieves, one on either side of him. Insignificant. He died. But look at the results. I'm telling you. This is the greatest thing there is in the world. To be able to tell people the message of Jesus. And you did a lot of work. It took faithful giving. Faithful serving. Believing. Praying. This is a result of that. And I want to thank you for all of that. I do want to thank you. But you know what? Here's what I've learned. And I tell all of our pastors, the ones we work with around the country and overseas, that one of the main jobs of a pastor, it's not just teaching or preaching, it is really leading. Leading. You know what God told Moses? He wanted him to lead the people from one place to another place. That's what your pastor does. He's leading you from where you are to where God wants you to be. See? He may not... You know, you may come on a Sunday and say, well, that message didn't really help me. It's not where I live. You don't, you miss the point. You see, you're on a journey. It's kind of like taking the kids on vacation. You have them said, are we there yet? (laughs) No, but we're on our way there, aren't we? Look at somebody and say, we're on our way. (laughs) That's right, that's right. And so, I think it's only appropriate. And I felt the Lord wanted me to do something. I want uh, Dr. Jay Norris Braswell, the lead pastor here, and his wife, uh, Cindy, to come up. And I had a little something special made for them. And it's got your name on it, but it's for both of you. And because you have led this church through some turbulent times. And I'm going to tell you what, there's a dream in your heart. You started with us in our home on Milan Drive. You and Wayne, who's in heaven now. Uh, Wayne 's there waiting on you, cheering your own, and you know what and and uh, you met Cindy down in La Paz, Bolivia, yeah. and I was able, blessed and uh, honored to do your marriage yeah. and uh, look what and god 's brought us has kept us together all these years and there 's so much God put in your heart, uh, Pastor Norris, and the best is yet to come Amen. I yes. god didn 't give us a dream to, for it to die. But this simply says it's got a globe here of the world because this church, a part of its call is to reach the world. It says Passion Church Excellence in Leadership, Dr. J. Norris Breswell, presented by Dr. Stephen E. Vickers and the Trustees of Passion Church, February 3rd, 2019. We give this to you an honor. I think we ought to stand. noticed when I got up here, did you make it wide angle? (laughs) All right. Well, she's not going to like this. But I brought my girlfriend. We've been married almost 52 years. And I married her when she was almost two. <clears throat> now, uh, we've been through a lot together. Uh, I mean, so much of a journey. But stand up, Denise, please. Would you greet her? You... Now, she'll talk to me on the way back to the hotel. She, Denise likes, she likes to stay behind, but i tell you what, Denise is a preacher in her own right. But uh, anyway, it's good to be here. Uh, We now live in uh, Palm Springs, California, and uh, uh, we're so grateful for God's blessing there. And, and, uh, but it's good to be back home, home, this church will always be home. Always. I love you and I'm grateful for you. Guys, listen. God's got so much for you. The best is yet to come. Amen. Amen. I want to read uh, some scripture. If you'll put it up there, guys. Uh, When uh, Solomon, they finished building the temple it said this. When Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices and the glorious presence. Everybody say, the glorious presence. the glorious presence. And the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priest could not enter the temple of the Lord because of the glorious presence of the Lord filled it. When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord, filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, you know, we need to honor the presence of God. We need to acknowledge it, you know. He said if we'll acknowledge Him in all of our ways, He'll take care of us, He'll guide us, He'll bless us, everything will be okay. They fell face down on the ground and worshiped and praised the Lord. You ever just had the present? you know, you're just doing something, and all of a sudden you just think, all of a sudden just like that, the Lord just, you just suddenly are reminded of His goodness or something He's done or, you know, and you just, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. You know, when I did that, I feel it. I feel Him more. Let's just do it. Real, just close your eyes and say, thank you. No, thank Him. Thank you. Thank you. See? They fell face down on the ground and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, He is good. Come on, say it with me. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Well, that's so good. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices to the Lord. Yeah, you know, and I tell you, in response to God's goodness, we ought to be a giving people, give of our heart, our lives, our possessions, everything to whatever God needs. The apostle Paul in writing to Timothy, said this. He told Timothy, he said, stir up the gift of God that is in you. See, every one of you, the Bible says, as a believer, as a believer in Jesus Christ, every one of you have been given a grace from God. You have a grace gift. Say, I have been graced, By Jesus Christ Christ. with a gift. gift. See, now if you're a wife, you ought to look at your husband and say, I told you I'm a gift. (laughs) (laughs) But every one of us as believers, we've been given a gift. A gift of God inside us. Gifts of God are not, belong only to like a special evangelist or some TV preacher or somebody you know, famous. They're for every believer. I mean, I'm grateful for those that God used. I remember first time years ago, we were in, I was in college in, in Florida, and and uh, heard about this woman named Catherine Kuhlman having a meeting over in Tampa, and I got on a bus and uh with, and rode over uh to where the convention center was and walked in there and. I thought it was kind of funny, you know, because it was very showmanship, and she came out with a white chiffon uh, dress like this, and it's flowing, and she said, have you been waiting on me, you know, and I thought, no, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I sat there, she preached about you must be born again, and uh, she'd stamp her foot and... You know, clap and, and all of a sudden the presence of God came into the room in a special way. Now see, Jesus said, We're two words are gathered in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. He's with us right now. But there is a place, time, when he just steps it up a notch. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he steps it up a little bit. And I'm telling you, he stepped it up a notch. And I felt the presence of God. So much that I froze in my seat. I was sitting about seven rows back and on the aisle seat right there in the center aisle. And and, uh, I just froze. And suddenly when that happened, she stopped preaching and she said, he's here. I want to tell you what, church, we need to recognize the presence of God. We need to honor the presence of God. We need to expect the presence of God. We need to long for the presence of God. It's not enough to sing good songs and clap our hands and and, uh, and pass the offering buckets and pray our prayers and and shake one another's hands and, and have a good teaching and get blessed and go on out. That's great. That's good. But we need to long for the presence of God. long for it and believe for it. And and every time you come to church, say, God, I'm expecting your presence. I need your presence. I need something today, God. I need you to, anybody need God in your life? I need him every day. I need God. I don't know. You know, I've been in this thing a long time. I'm Almost 72 years old. And you know what? When I start, God started on this journey, I thought I'd get to a place where, okay, it's kind of like you put her on autopilot and just kick back. There's still a yearning in me. There's still a, I need God. I need God. I get up in the morning and, and I'll have my coffee, read my Bible and i say, God, I need you. I need you today. I need you. Well, you don't have him. Yeah, but I need him. Yeah. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right, help me out in here. Talk to me. Yeah. All right, Paul said, stir up the gift of God that is in you. I'm not here to teach you today. I'm here to, because you got one of the best teachers in the body of Christ. Now, that's a fact. If I wanted to go somewhere just to be taught the Word of, to be taught the word of God, I'd sit right here. Because I'm telling you what, he opens up the Bible, and he prepares a meal for the people of God that'll cause you to grow up so you can go out. All right, all right, all right. Uh, But I want to stir up the gift of God in you. When we started, when God spoke to me to plant this work, in our home, we were on Milan, like he said, a little home on Milan Drive. uh, And uh, I've been traveling all over the United States, preaching in churches all over. And I'd go from one church to another and Denise got tired of that, so we bought a little house so she could take care of uh, our two little girls, Stacy and Misty. There, <clears throat> who uh, Stacy's daughter, our o- oldest granddaughter, will be having our second great grandchild in about two weeks. Yeah, so we're gonna. They live in Destin. We're gonna go down there and see our little baby, great, our second great grandchild. Plus. Our other great-grandson will be there, so we'll have both of our great-grandchildren together. It'll be great. But anyway, when God spoke to us to start the church, God spoke to my heart. He told me this. He said, build it on the authority of my word and the work of my spirit. Yeah. Build it on the authority of my word and the work of my spirit. Those are the two legs Of Passion Church. Of our work here in this city. Other cities where we're located. And in other parts of the world where we're located. The authority of the word. Of God. What is that? If we're going to have faith in God. It's got to be faith in the God of the word. I don't know God except what the word says. See faith in God is faith in his word. Say with me faith in God. Is faith in, his it's faith in His Word. See, when I learned that, it helped me because I was trying to believe God, and I need to believe God for you know I need to believe God to pay the bills. I need to believe God to get better. I need to believe God for all these things. I didn't know how, and when I find out, it's believing His Word is how I believe God. And when I realize, I all I got to do, open the book, find a promise. If I'm sick, I open the book. I find the promises: by his stripes you're healed. I, li- I say, okay, I'm going to believe that. Yeah. If if I've, if I've messed up and said something, done something wrong, and I feel guilty, open up the book. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Yeah. Praise God. See, I, I open the book. You know, yeah. see. Faith in God is faith in His Word. And it's not one day on Monday, another day on Tuesday. The promise is... We sing. He's the promise keeper. He keeps His promise. See, if God says a thing, God will do a thing. Every promise in the book is yours in Jesus Christ. But now here, here's what I found out. you got to take it by faith. You know, you got to take it by faith. Listen, I was raised on a farm and we had fruit trees. And you know what? Uh, you didn't the, the, it, the fruit that fell on the ground was rotten food. You know, it's just too fruit. But, you know, the, like pecan trees. We had a bunch of pecan trees. We had to go beat the trees and get the pecans. We grew ears of corn and okra and all kinds of stuff, squash. But we had to go take it. Not one of the, we'd get out there and work it. You know, plow the field hold the rose, water, nourish, you know, do all that, work on it. Not one of those ears of corn got off the stalk, walked into the kitchen, and told my mother, not one of them told my mother, where's the pot, I'm ready for you to cook me. Uh Uh-uh. Some of you think God does that. That oh, God, if He said it, then He ought to do it. You know what? It's there. The fruit is here. The fruit is here. you got to pick it. The gold is here. you got to mine it. The promises are here. you got to go take them. Heaven suffers violence. Heaven allows violence. And the violent, the violent, the violent. Sometimes God will let you get to a place where you're thinking, My God, if you don't do something, I don't know what I'm going to do. Where you get to where, ah, you just rise up something rise up in you say I'm going to take this I'm not putting up with this anymore I remember one time Denise we were going through something and, uh, with, I don't remember what it was but something was going on it was like one of those things where you get hit here then here then here then here then here it's kind of like you're sitting in the middle of the intersection and everybody's decided to run into you yeah. because they think well somebody else hit him I'd like to hit him too And one night, Denise just looked at me. She said, what are you going to do? Like, I didn't do this. What are you going to do? Well, I didn't. There was nobody else to turn to and say, well, what are you going to do? So I went out in the backyard. I lifted my hands. I said, God, you got to do something. Because now Denise is upset. And if she ain't happy, I ain't never going to be happy. (laughs) Faith in God, you got to take it. Say, i got to take it. How many of you need God to do something in your life? Then you know what? Say, I'm going to take it. I'm going to just take it. Yeah. All right. The second thing is, you know, he said, build it on the authority of my word and the work of my spirit. The work of the Holy Ghost. See, The Word of God is powerless to do anything without the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit cannot do anything without the Word. That's the way it works. The Bible says, listen to this. In Genesis 1, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. It was formless, empty, lifeless. It's just there. Nothing. Doing nothing. Too many Christians are that way. Just doing nothing. Just existing. Formless. Empty. Darkness covered the deep water. Listen, if you're not letting God do something in your life, if you're not walking with God, if you're not staying up to date and getting involved in what God's doing, darkness will start creeping into your life. And the Spirit of God... Was hovering over the deep water, the surface of the water. In other words, he starts hovering over those dark places. You got a dark place in your life? You got a hurt in your life? You got a place in your life. You need God to do something. You got a place in your life that's maybe even you are afraid God don't want him to know about whatever. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost. It's all right to say Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Spirit is hovering over your life he's hovering over those weak places hovering over those empty places hovering over those broken places hovering over those places that are not filled up not made right yet where you you've just given up hope he's hovering over those dreams those desires those longings those things that you thought years ago God, well, i thought you were going to do this god's hovering the holy ghost is hovering over it. God never says a thing that He doesn't mean a thing. The Holy Ghost is hovering over it. Now listen to this. But that was not enough. Then God said, verse 3, let there be light and there was light. See, the Holy Ghost was hovering over what was hurting what was not fixed what was not finished everybody in this room you got you're not finished you got things in your life not finished yet you're not finished you say i'm getting older who cares there is an alternative there is an alternative all right you ought to say thank god i'm getting older because there is an alternative <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to be younger, but I'm glad I'm getting older. Where are those places? Everybody in this room, you've got places that are unfinished, places that haven't been fixed yet, haven't been completed yet. The Holy Spirit is hovering over. See, He was hovering over it, but He was waiting on something. And see, He's hovering over every place in your life. Those things that you think, why hasn't God worked in this? Why hasn't God taken care of this? Why hasn't God fixed this? Listen. We sing it. He's working even when I don't see it. He's working even when I don't feel it. Say it with me. Jesus, Jesus. you're working in in my life even when... I don't see it. it. You're working working. in my life. life. Even when when. I don't feel it, it. you're working. working. But now here's what he waits. Now listen. The Holy Ghost is hovering over those places. Well, what is he doing? He's waiting on the Word. See, he was waiting there, hovering over the waters, waiting for God to speak. Let me tell you something. Listen to this. The Father speaks, the Son does what the Father speaks. When the Father speaks, the Son, the Word, the Word does what the Father says. He becomes the activity of the flesh of the Word that God came from His mouth. Every Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. By every word, that's my life. That's my salvation. That's my hope. That's my joy. That's my faith. My faith is not something I feel. It's what the book says. It's whatever I need. It's the Word. But you see, the Father speaks. The Son does what the Father speaks. And the Holy Spirit is the power. The power. The word power means ability. Ability. The Holy Ghost is God's ability. If God says a thing, He means a thing. If He means a thing, He will do a thing. He does a thing by saying it, making it His Word, Jesus. And it happens, it becomes active in our lives by the Holy Ghost being the power. When you and I gather together, when you and I gather together, Every time we meet together. Every time we gather together. It's not simply to worship. It's not simply to pray. It's not simply to give. It's not simply to have church. It's to encounter the presence, the activity, the workings, the active working, the tangibility of the living God, let me tell you, God may be invisible, but He is tangible. And His works are visible. You're looking at a work of God. Pat yourself and say, I am a work of God. Listen, if somebody says, well, I can't see God, say, look here. Look right here. I am a work of God. Let me tell you what He's done for me. Somebody, you got a story? How many of you got a story? Say amen. amen. Give me a holy grunt or something. We come here to experience the presence of the living God. Listen, in the, in the, when God, uh, Solomon, the tabernacle, he built the temple. There was three main sections. The outer court. Where everybody could come. Then there was the holy place. Where the priests would be every day taking care of their ministry, taking care of their duties. But then on a special day, they went into a, one of the high priests went into a place called the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies. See, that's uh, where, but that was separated from the rest of the place by a veil, a curtain. And the presence of God was not out there in the outer court. The presence of God was not out there in the holy place. See, in a lot of our life, as we're going through life, we're not walking around. Oh, 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 glory. My my good, my, my Father. Oh, glory, glory. Yeah, yeah. How much? Is, you want to ring that? Oh, glory. I'll ring that up in just a second. Here, just praise God. You feel that? Boy, I can't help myself. I mean, that's just not it, is it? Matter of fact, you're walking through a place, you look just like everybody. Denise and I walking through the airport yesterday, or when was it? Day before yesterday, all the airports, I forget how many we were in. We just look like everybody else. See, we people didn't say, what. Oh, wow, look what's all over them. No, we just look like normal people. See, they were looking at our outer court, our body. Our body. And then, see, I got a soul. Where somebody says something. Your soul says. I'm going to slap you. (laughs) I know you never think that. (laughs) See our soul. Our soul. You know. But see. They don't realize. That down on the inside of you. In your spirit. Because your body soul and spirit. Spirit, soul and body. In your spirit. In your inner person, down inside, that's where the Holy Ghost, the presence of God, lives. See. Now let me. When they did this, and the presence of God filled the temple, see, the presence of God was in the Holy of Holies, and there was a curtain. But on that day when they dedicated the temple, the presence of God filled the temple. It snuck, it walked outside it walked through the veil into the holy place and then right in there where all the people were he just walked right in there see when we gather together here God wants to step out of your spirit where he lives in you and the person next to you and all of us, he wants to just come right out in our worship where it's not about whether we're singing the song I like or whether the preacher's teaching the way I like, or he did too long on the offering, or this or that, or, or the lights or this, or the, the air is too not hot, cool enough, or whatever. See, get out of your body, and then don't get offended by something somebody says or doesn't say, or so-and-so didn't smile at you when they smiled at the person before you. That's your soul. See, come in, and you begin to worship you make up your mind, I'm going to worship God, friend, in spirit and in truth. From my spirit, from my spirit, oh God, I worship you. Glory to God. You see, you start worshiping God. You hear the word and you're saying, yes, pastor, feed me the word, feed me the word. You let your, your, your spirit man all of a sudden your holy, the Holy Ghost inside you, the presence of God inside you starts coming up, coming up, coming up, coming up. He begins to heal your soul, restores my soul. See, and then he begins to go into your flesh. Who his, his the Holy Spirit is life, even to my flesh, even to my. See you see. Sometimes you get miracles by pieces. You come into this service, keep coming in, and every time you get in, and the Holy Ghost rises up inside you, rises up inside you. You got that problem in your body, but every time you come, he's working a little more, a little more. And see, some people get it instantly, some people over time. Are you listening to me? Are you getting anything out of this? See, the people who walk through the doors of this building, Let me drive back up. I said there's a curtain. But you remember when Jesus was on the cross when he gave up the ghost? He died. The Bible says the curtain, the veil that separated the presence of God from the rest was torn from the top to the bottom. You know what God was saying? I'm not going to hide anymore from man I'm not hiding behind a curtain any longer I want to be in your life I want to be real in your life I want to be real in your problems I want to be real in your needs I want to be there to help you it's not because you got to be good enough let me be I'll be good enough just trust me let me be God in your life the people who walk through the doors of this building to attend services here I'm not here to be impressed by what you can do. We need to do the very best we can do. But that's not enough. When they walk in to this building, whether they realize it or not, they have been brought here to encounter the living God. I went into a church with Denise because it was the last straw. I knew we were getting a divorce. She knew we were getting a divorce. And she was a good Baptist girl. And I was a very good sinner. Now how do you be a. How can you say good and sinner. And say, anyway I was good at what I did. And we were going two different. We were two different people. Living, going two different directions. I walked into a service with her. On a Sunday morning. Because it was the last straw. When you, you know that was it. It was either that or get a divorce. I'd just gotten back from overseas. This is during the Vietnam War, and I'd been in the military, been overseas, and got back from overseas, and I'd even told one of my buddies, that I said, I'm going home to divorce my wife. She's a religious nut. That's what I said. And Denise had already made up her mind. Her mind, she said, there's plenty of good men that are good-looking and serving God, and I don't have to put up with his junk. And I can find somebody that will love me and be faithful to me. So I went to service with her just to get through with it. I had no plans even my heart to God. I didn't come to church to get God. I didn't want God. I came to church to get her off my back. Some people say, well, you're not here for the right reason. I wasn't there for the right reason. But Jesus had me there for His reason. He's not, he wasn't bothered by what I had planned. He didn't care. See, I came, let me tell you what, when I walked through the doors, not the door of the sanctuary, the front door of the lobby. When I stepped in, I felt something. I felt something. I felt something. Now, I knew what the devil felt like. I felt him in bars and the clubs and all that kind of stuff. And I knew it wasn't him. I felt something that I hadn't, and I knew what it was, but it scared me. If you'll pardon my French, it scared the hell out of me. That's what it was dealing with. The hell that was in me got terrified. I realized the devil in me was scared of the God that was there. Ho, 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 ho. That's why Jesus said, don't worry about preaching to them, just get them to the house. Get them to my house. I'll work in them. That's right. So, I know my time's gone. It's 10 o'clock. It is. 10 o'clock. My kids are getting ready to go to church out there. He asked me to come here. came in I felt the presence of God you know what I walked in the more I was there the more I felt the presence of God I couldn't tell you one song they sang I wasn't singing I didn't pray when they prayed I don't remember a single word the preacher said I wasn't listening to the preacher the presence of God was all over me while he was talking somebody else was talking to me I'm sitting way back in the back because I had to, you know, you got to have an exit strategy. <laughs> <clears throat> but I'm telling you, I, he started saying, if you're here and you need Jesus in your life, well, all of a sudden, I felt like a, you know, kind of like a beep, like a little metal ball and a magnet gets start getting close to it. I started feeling this on down inside me started feeling it I grabbed a few in front of me hang on for dear life I did and finally I just he said come on home see I wasn't a child of God but God is still my father he had made me. He loved me. Jesus died for me. And Jesus was my Savior. I didn't know it. For He was not only the Savior for her sins, but for my sins and the sins of the whole world. And see, God started tugging on me. The Holy Ghost, the power, the presence of God started tugging on me. I didn't know what I was doing. The next thing I know, I'm down at an altar at an old uh, wooden bench there. And I'm laid across that bench. And I'm saying... If you want me, I want you, but you got to change me. I can't live for you. And he said, "I love you, son. I've always have and always will. And here I stand today. And I'm telling you, what am I saying? If you'll answer that, I'll tell you. What I'm telling you is this, we need to long for, thank God for his word, thank God for everything, but also the presence of the living God. Let's don't just go through the motions. Let's just don't talk about days back when. You put your hand to the plow, don't look back. Paul said forgetting those things which are behind, good or bad, whatever it is. Forget it all and press ahead. God has something else for you. God has more for you. God's got something else he wants to do in your life. God's not through with you, Chris. See, God's got more he wants to do with you, Pam. God's not finished with us, Ed. God's not finished. Let's get after, long after. Agree for, determine, I want the presence of God. I want the power, the work of God in my life. I want to be an instrument in the hands of God. I want to help the hurting. I want to heal the broken. I want to bind up that which is falling apart. I want God to use me. I want God to use me. Father, I've tried my best. I thank you, Lord, for this church. Would you stand with me? If you would, just lift your hands where you feel comfortable. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this people, for this pastor, Pastor Norris and Cindy, for the leadership of this church, for all of those that labor. I thank you, Father, for this building that has been provided by your hand, but also It's been through the sacrifices of your people that your hand has been able to work. Your hand has worked through their serving. Your hand has worked through their painting and laboring. Through their believing. Through their praying. Through their giving. Of their finances. Their sacrifices. God, that is you working through men. Working with them. Together with them. The Holy Ghost in them. Working together the working of God. I pray, oh God, that this church would be one. I pray for a spirit of unity in this house. I pray that they would be one even as you, Jesus, and the Father are one by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray for your presence, oh God, to mark this place. Mark this place. Fill this place with your presence. When we worship, when they pray, When they they teach the word, when they gather together for whatever group it is in the children's areas, the nursery, the youth, the, the middle school, everything, oh God. I pray for the presence of God to fill this place, oh God. I pray for your presence to be so strong here that even as people ride by, that you'll speak to them and say, you can find help there. You can find hope there. I can heal your marriage there. I can heal your kids there. I can bring them back to you there. I can turn things around in your life there. God, draw them in. Draw them in. Draw them in, oh God. And use us. Use this people, O oh God, to go and tell the wonderful message of Jesus. We dedicate this building, this facility, this land to you, Jesus. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. This is yours and it's doubly yours, oh God. Use, oh God, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Dr. Vickers. Boy, I tell you, that encourages me. I trust it does you as well. Here's what we're going to do. we got one more thing we're going to do here to uh, continue to, to celebrate and dedicate uh, the property uh, to the Lord, and that's going to take place uh, just outside uh, in the front of the building there. We're going to have a little special uh, ribbon cutting and uh, uh, a couple of scriptures you want to read. It won't take but just a, a few more minutes, so if you're able to, we're asking you to just, uh, as a, uh, in just a moment when you're dismissed, if you just make your way out through the lobby and, and just go out there. We're going to be out there directly and uh, it won't take very long, but we would appreciate it uh, just to uh, celebrate with us. You know, uh, when we act, we, we have an act, whether it's an act of faith or act of obedience, there's something powerful that's released. And so when we, in just a few minutes when we do this, uh, it's going to be a further releasing of our faith, you know, in dedicating this uh, property to God, but also to, consecrating ourselves, Passion Church, to the the harvest fields near and the harvest fields far. Father, thank you for this time together today. Thank you for the work you've done in the hearts uh, of, of the people here, Lord, in my heart. Thank you for the word that you've spoken to us, how it's touched us. Lord, it's reminded us what it's all about. Father, that it's not about buildings and bricks and mortar, but it's about, it's about you, first of all, and secondly, it's about those you died for. God, I thank you for this people and for the vision and the work that is ahead of us. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed. Thank you for being with us today.